Let's get into the news, Chris. Um, I guess first, before we get to Stevenson can say style breakdown, before we get to Joyce Parker and our and our top five list, uh, some fallout from the Canelo Alvarez Triple G fight. Uh, Pay per view numbers you can go anywhere from five hundred thousand uh, to a million. I don't really care about that stuff. Hearn. And uh, was going off yesterday uh, about the numbers with Dan Rayfield. Uh, but one thing that did come out of this is it looks like Canelo is indeed getting surgery on that left hand. Uh, could be out. It's a six-week recovery, but he's saying that he could be out up until next year. And this is huge because he is the cash cow of boxing. He is a guy at 168 that a lot of these younger guys want to fight. Canelo out for a year, I think, uh, would, is, is warranted. The amount of fights that he's had. But this is uh, an interesting development for, for Canelo Alvarez. I mean, it's an interesting development for the boxing world and boxing community. I mean, that, that him leaving for a year leaves a huge gap in in the big fights that that we're looking at in the in the upcoming calendar. Just missing May is such a big deal. To not have a, a Mexican fighter fighting during during the uh, you know Cinco de Mayo is a big deal and hasn't hasn't been the case for for many years. So we would definitely feel it if if he is out for that long. With the you know the the repercussions of this are are, are pretty big. Um, if he fights back in May, uh, I'd be actually shocked. Um, I think he does want to take some time off and and get, let's get that hand uh, healed up. I'm sure you've had hand injuries in in, in your career. I mean, that's if you don't have your hands, uh, you can't fight. So you need those. Look at that pinky. Oh my goodness! I actually saw yeah. that during the live stream, and I wanted to ask about it. What's going on there? Yeah, it, I mean, it's got a life on Twitter. This thing, and people <laughs> have been have been tagging it for years. Um, yeah, like Doctor Evil. I, I, I originally broke this wrestling in high school and then uh funny story. Actually, I was sparring with Marcos Maidana and I hit him high in the head with a left hook in my glove. And, and when I pulled it out, it looked like this. So um yeah, it's, it's never been the same thing. Hurts like a, like a, like a bitch, but yeah, I got, I got metal in this hand, you know, hands, hand issues are, are, are kind of par for the wow. course. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna come across those kind of, yeah. those kind of things that you're banging when you're banging small bones against skulls and hip bones and shoulders. Yeah. So, I got a hand like that, but it's just from holding my phone so much. <laughs> That's the difference between me and you, Chris. You have a hand from fighting. Mine's from like posting stupid shit on Twitter. Well, you know, you're a numbers guy. You're a numbers yeah. guy. I'm a I'm a sweat and punch ribs guy. It's a different yeah. thing. Back to Canelo. Uh, big thing for him out. I mean, the repercussions, like we said, are, are huge because, you know, there's guys like David Benavides who was saying a lot in the post fight uh, after I want to fight uh, Canelo next. He scattered me. Uh, Benavides' dad, very uh, outspoken. The thing with Canelo I mean, is that he's had this, these belts at 168 for a long time, hasn't had to make a defense of them yet. Meanwhile, you know, look at a guy like Josh Taylor stripped left and right um, of his belts when you, once you become undisputed. I think that comes along with the territory of being the guy in boxing. It's differential uh, treatment, which it should not be. But if Canelo's out for a year, let's see. I put this out on Twitter. Let's see Benavidez fight uh, the winner of Caleb Plant versus uh, Andre Durrell. Let's start to see these guys fight each other like we want to see, like Canelo said they should do. Uh, you can't sit around and wait now because there's a potential that Canelo's out until September. Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. I think, um, you know, you've got the, the Caleb Plant-Durrell fight. That's a big fight. Uh, the winner of that makes perfect sense to be fighting Benavidez and then and just lie and wait for, for Canelo to come back. I'm assuming Canelo's not going to come back right into a fight of that magnitude. He's going to probably have some kind of you know, refresh or, or, or a get right kind of fight, which I think he deserves being out for a year, coming off a hand injury. Um, rehabbing hands sucks. 
It takes a long time. You've got to go really, really slow, like painfully slow and talk about painful, painful. You know, your these are your weapons. These are your tools. And when those are compromised and trying to trying to work through that, uh, it's it's tough and hurts a lot. Plant Durrell are fighting on the undercard of Wilder Hellenius, October 15th. Like that fight. Um, Good card. I, I'm excited for that card, actually. Yeah, trying that, to, that's a sleeper card. Yeah, we're trying to figure out if we want to go. Um, it's here, right here in Barclays. Like, Cambosos Haney is that night. Um, the Shields uh, Meyer card is that afternoon. That is all systems go on October 15th. But uh, Plant Durrell fighting um, on the 15th. Those are two 168-pounders in contention. Charlo. Uh, is that 160? He's been talking about going up to 168. I don't know what's going on with him. He has nothing on the books. And there's David Morrell, uh, who I think a lot of people are avoiding because he's damn good and he doesn't really bring a lot to the table. So there are contenders at 168. Uh, they can either sit around and wait or they could actually go out and, and fight each other. And I'm actually looking for this comment that Benavidez put out, which I thought was very interesting. Listen to this, Chris. Um, this is from David Benavides for an interview that he did after a Canelo fight. I feel like the company, PBC, were making each other look stupid because nobody is fighting each other and everybody wants to take a tune-up, this and that. Caleb Plant is talking all this shit, saying they're calling me out, but they already knew I had to fight Simon Anthony Durrell. That's BS. When I fought May 21st, he did not have a fight lined up. I told him I wanted him to fight. We could have made that fight happen. So what he's saying only calls me out when we have a fight lined up. That's BS. Uh, and he thinks he's pretty much threw PBC under the bus. Uh, and if you follow along with boxing, uh, PBC fighters don't really speak out against their promoters. I feel like a lot of fighters don't speak out against their promoters, especially fighters in the PBC. So Benavidez, I feel like, is fed up and actually does want to fight some of these guys. Well, good for him. You know, he wants to fight. He's young. He's hungry. Um, he's not going to he's not going to sit and lie and wait like like a lot of these other guys do and not and fight once a year. Young fighters can't do that. And a guy like David Benavidez, you know, he deserves to be out there. Um, he wants everybody. So I listen, I appreciate I tip my hat to, to a young guy like that. You know, he's got the balls. He wants to fight everybody. Um, and I want to see it because I'm a big fan of his style and the way he fights. Yeah. So that's what's going on at 168. I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Hopefully they all fight each other. Charlo gets in the mix. There's some good names. Those are some big names and some really good fights. And, and the winner of all that can emerge and face Canelo. Uh, you know, Andre, too, is another name that's in the mix. He's uh, yeah. now fighting on November 5th. They have a date against Zach Parker. If he wins, he becomes the mandatory for the WBO. So the WBO has that stipulation where if you are the champion at one weight and you move up to another weight and you are automatically uh, in the title contention. That's how Usyk was able to fight Joshua so fast. It's actually a pretty good rule i actually like that from the wbo i like that rule as well uh boob was actually down here training with uh with my buddy and colleague Corey peacock dr Corey peacock down here in south florida uh boob likes to come down here to his camps get his get his strength in get his boxing in oh. but uh yeah look i'm always looking forward to it to booboo fight fighting um you know that's 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 my dude that's so, the one fight and, we, we said right we would like to see canelo yeah. android I've been saying it for years. I mean, I want to see Triple G and, and Andrade. I want to see Canelo and Andrade. Um, you know, he's been he's been pushing for those fights for so long, but he's a tough guy to fight. Yeah. You know, you got a Southpaw who's long. He's undefeated, two division world champion. Um, he's got a lot of craft. He's a tough guy to deal with, and he can punch. You know, mm -hmm. he even even though he doesn't stop everybody, he drops everybody. You know, he's one of those guys he can crack. Uh, Dre Freeman, uh, one of our editors here, is in the chat, and he said, "Your pinky is nasty, Chris." I agree. I agree, Jay. You're right. You should see it. You wait till you see it in person. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. Next I, time you're in the office, we can show off all your scars. Look at yeah. that thing. Look at that thing go. Um, Golovkin is also talking about how he wants to continue on. Uh, 40 years old. 
Did not look good on, on Saturday. Looked just good enough, though, where he could maybe want to continue on. Just good enough to maybe go down to 160. There's a slew of contenders there. Uh, Charlo, uh, if he doesn't go up to 168 and decides, hey, I want to unify finally with Golovkin. But a name that I threw out, and it was a lot of interesting responses. I want to get your thoughts on how this fight would play out. Golovkin versus Jaime Munguia. If you remember I back, if you remember back, Chris, when Canelo popped for the Clem Brutal and their fight was off, they were looking for a fill-in for Golovkin on short notice. And Jaime Munguia was one of the names that came up. And the Vegas head, uh, Bob Bennett, said, no, Munguia is too raw, he's too green. Turned out, no, that wasn't the case. Munguia was probably would have been fine. He, he would actually have given Golovkin issues back then. But now... That, that, that's that's code word for he was too good. This, <laughs> this, could, this could be a really tough fight. This could be an upset. Let's not, let's not, let's not upset the apple cart. I think uh, Golovkin ended up fighting uh, Matarosian and beat him pretty pretty easily. But fast forward to now, 40-year-old Golovkin, what we saw in the ring on Saturday against Canelo versus Jaime Munguia, who has defensive issues but can crack. How does that fight play out? Because I got a slew of answers. It was about 50-50. Golovkin will win. Jaime Munguia will win. I still think Golovkin will win just because of the uh, the defensive holes that Munguia has, and, and Triple G still can punch. You could even see that in in the fight this past Saturday. Canelo was cautious because that power is real. Um, that's the last thing to go. You know, the trouble is just him pulling the trigger. But with a guy like Munguia, he's straight ahead. He's he's face forward. He doesn't have that in and out. He doesn't have that craft that Canelo has. So I think it would be a banger. And I think the difference would be the one-punch power differential that, that I think Triple G has the better of. I'd love to see that. I, I just don't yeah. know where Golovkin's going to go. Like We talked about this on the post-fight show. It's like he's made all the money in the world. Uh, that's not a big thing. He's not chasing any like, huge money fights. Uh, Munguia still brings in a lot of money, a lot of eyeballs, uh, the Mexican fans. Yeah, Mexican fans, yeah. And it's a winnable fight for Golovkin. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what route he wants to go, whether he wants to go like, you know, maybe like we talked about the farewell fights. Those don't usually work out. There's a lot of different still, routes. I, we, we talked about that on air. Those are still, I think those are stupid. That's not something I would ever want to do. But I like the fight because worst case scenario, if Triple G loses, okay, he lost to a young guy. Stud, it's time to go. It's time to go. You can make a lot of money, especially with the Mexican fans. Why not? Well, will Golden Boy want to make that fight? Because they have matched Munguia. He has the strangest career arc of going today. A guy that was a t- world titleist at 154. Uh, fast, quick, beat uh, Saddam mm-hmm. Ali. Uh, became a world uh, titleist and had some you know, early fights and some tough ones. And then they went backwards and started matching him like a prospect, you know, was a champion. Now he's back to like fighting the, these, these ones where they're kind of like, you know, the, the result of it. So I'm interested to see if they would put Munguia in there with, with Golovkin. I think that would be very intriguing. Well, when Munguia was at 54, he was such a beast. He was just, just crushing guys. And then he went up to 60 and he looked a lot more regular. And I think that was, that kind of scared the uh the powers that be on, on the golden boy side and they were like all right let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit and let's let's do this traditional and get him to a point where he can make some real money yeah i think Munguia has like three or four promoters it's not just delahoya he's got like xanfer promotions he's got a lot of cooks in the kitchen that's why that um charlo fight that sucks i've, I've been there yeah. <laughs> you're cutting your, your purse getting cut up a lot not only that you have a lot of people weighing in and 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 a lot of times these fighters don't have final say so it's hard enough to have one promoter dealing with all the politics. Imagine having like several, like that's tough. People always say like, oh, sometimes, you know, uh, the fighter doesn't have that much to say. Ah, it depends. It, it depends should, on right? the personality of the fighter. It, it not, not only does it, is it should, but honestly, if the fighter really pushes, you, you, no one's stopping them. 
you know, none of those, none of those promoters are going to stop. If I really want this fight, I'm really adamant about it. And I get vocal about it. The, the promoters cannot, cannot stop him from doing that. Right. They cannot stop any fighter from doing that. If you want to fight, if you really, really want to fight, you can make a fight happen I, as I, a fighter. I mean, look at Devin Haney. I mean, we're starting to see that not kind of be the case, but he's like, I'll, all right, you want me to sign the top rank? Uh, you want me to take a little bit less money? I'll, and you want me to go to Australia twice? I really want this fight. So it can happen. I'm sure Munguia mm-hmm. wants to fight the best. All fighters want to fight the best. None of these guys honestly want to take tune-up after tune-up. They all want to get in there. Um, and that's the case. That's some of the fallout uh, between Canelo and uh, Golovkin. Let's talk DraftKings, guys. We have a big one coming up this week, Ronnie. DraftKings, uh, the football season has kicked off. Teams are breaking down film, getting ready for their next game. Um I have not been hitting my bets in boxing. I think we all know that. But I have been hitting my bets in football, the sport that I don't really follow. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, last week, I picked the Lions. They stink, but they covered. So I'm now 1-1 one one in our John Boy Against the Spread League. Uh, winner gets two tickets to the Super Bowl. Maybe I'll take uh, Ronnie. Maybe I'll take Chris. Uh, I'm sure my girlfriend wants to be in the mix for that Super Bowl trip. I think Ryan and I should box for it. <laughs> Ronnie versus Chris. Winner goes to the Super Bowl with Dan in Glendale, Arizona. I mean, with that pinky looking the way it does, I think I got a chance. Wow, bro, you can you can you can bite this pinky. I don't care. <laughs> you're gonna, you, you're you gonna feel it. What, you're gonna find out what a liver shot really feels like instead of me just telling you what it feels like. Oh, buddy, I've had my fair share of alcohol. I know what a liver shot is. <laughs> <laughs> but can you the does, that, does the pinky have happened. feeling? Does there feeling in there? Is it like like a foot that you could smash like? I mean, honestly, I'm pretty sure this thing will fall off any kind of resistance it gets, so I'm not really worried about it. Pinky is now the fourth member of this show. Uh, <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL, is drawing up a winning play for all new customers. All you have to do is sign up using promo code BOXING, bet $5 on any team to win before their kicks, kickoffs and receive an additional $200 in free bets. That's right. New customers who bet at least $5 on any team uh, to win their next game, but get an additional $200 in free bets. You get $200 uh, free to play with. All you have to do is uh, place a $5 bet. They got the same game parlays. Obviously, I've been um, putting those out. I have one coming up for this weekend that I'm about to share. And also, if you're in a state that doesn't have um, sports betting, uh, they have uh, DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Uh, they're innovating even more ways uh, to win some cash uh, f- all football season. Uh, so download DraftKings Sportsbook uh, now. Customers use promo code BOXING. Receive $200 in free bets if their team wins after placing a $5 pregame wager. Promo code BOXING. Let's win some cash. All right. Here is my same game parlay for this week. I'm going to win. Um, I'm going to win. Damn it. Here we go. <laughs> I got Shakur Stevenson by decision. And... This is minus money. I usually don't like making bets on parlays where they, they uh, it's minus money, but that is really good value. Minus 180 for Shakur to win by decision. Uh, we're going to get into that breakdown in, in just a bit. Shakur, by uh, any other way, is the odds are huge. He's a huge favorite in this fight. Uh, another thing we're going to talk about in a little while, it's like uh, we're kind of sleeping on Kinsesa a little bit, but I like Shakur by decision. Get that at minus 180. And then I like Amanda Serrano who is fighting on the undercard of the Joyce Parker matchup. Serrano by decision, plus 180. That's good value, Chris. That's, yeah, that's that's a, that's a good risk. I mean, especially coming off the, the fight that she came off with um, with, the, with Katie Taylor. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and that's not something people are going to expect. People are going to expect 
Amanda Serrano do what Amanda Serrano does, which is usually knock people out. Right. So she's fighting. Yeah, I like a, it. She's fighting a former, uh, a current world champion at one at one twenty six. Two minute rounds. Uh, it's tough to get going. Uh, it has not been a problem for Serrano though. She's got a lot of knockouts. Yeah. The only problem I see with with that is that you said it's going to happen, so obviously <laughs> it's not. Well, fade me then. Go ahead. Fade first me. round. First round knockout. <laughs> no, we're going to reverse this whole narrative, and I'm going to win this week. Narrative reversed. Back winning parlays. Oh, there it is. Uh, so go to DraftKings. Let's talk um, Shakur Stevenson. Uh, he is the big fight this weekend. Friday night fights on ESPN. Like that. Uh, homecoming bout. Chris, you know about homecoming fights. Fighting in front of your home crowd. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But Shakur versus Robson Kinsaysau. Uh For Stevenson, now he is on a rocket ship. I think we can all agree that he is uh, one of the best young fighters uh, today, I can spit out a lot of metrics here uh, to illustrate just how good he is. Chris outlanded his opponents in 54 of his last 55 rounds. He's outlanding. So you, yeah, you and I both love this kid for different reasons. You got the numbers. I, I just like the way he fights. <laughs> oh, again, I also like the way he fights too. Uh, 1700 yeah. to 575 total connects. So that's like a three to one uh, ratio of outlanding his opponents. Has been outlanded only twice in 115 career rounds he uh, opponents land just 5.5 punches on him which is number one he's the best defender in boxing and it has a good resume which i'll get into too and, and opponents land just 13.9 percent which is number two in boxing only behind bivol and if you want to hmm. take a look at the some of the critics will say he doesn't really he's not offensive enough Shakur. uh he's third in boxing and plus minus so hit and don't get hit plus 17.7 rating that's number three behind Loma and Bivol. This guy is so damn good. Uh, he is now stepping up the competition. It's crazy that a Robson could say South fight is considered a homecoming tune-up, which is crazy. But this guy has the goods for Corey Stevenson. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I remember after the Nakatila fight, which he got a lot of heat for. Um, I, Bob Aram grabs me at dinner and he goes, you know, what would you think of the kid? And I said, well, I, I think he can do more, but he had a very dangerous guy in front of him. Nakatila has a, has a big right hand. We saw that when he fought um, uh, the, the Mexican fighter. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Burchell. Um, Burchell. Burchell, the next fight. And um, so I said I said to, to to Bob, and I'm like, you know, I think he just needs a better a better foil because mm -hmm. he's going to look that much better. If you if you, if you you completely outclass a really good guy, it looks right. If you completely outclass a guy that people don't really know, you don't get you don't get the credit for it. And then his very next fight, I believe, was uh, was Jamel Herring. Right. And he looked absolutely incredible in that fight and flashed the offense that we've all been waiting mm -hmm. for. I mean, he looked great. He got the stoppage. He was really putting it on Jamel all night long. And Jamel, who's another really good defensive fighter, just had no answer for, for Shakur that night. And then even in the, in the Valdez fight, Shakur does what he does in terms of his defense, but he put hands and he put leather on, on Valdez all night long. Didn't get him out of there. Didn't really you know, have him seriously hurt, but still was offensive enough. And I think the more he progresses and the better opposition he has in front of him, the more we're going to see that offense because he does have it. He's yeah. just very cautious with it. Yeah, a few things there. Nakatilla, um, that fight, Nakatilla landed like 30 punches in the whole fight. Complete yeah. dominance. And I think that fight did, didn't do Shakur any favors. Uh, yeah. It was like a, it was on ESPN. It was a well-televised fight. And it, he just didn't do enough. And uh, he threw that just 25. A lot of heat. What's that? 
He got a lot of heat for that. Yeah, one. because he was he just wasn't people. offensive enough. He threw. Yeah. He threw just twenty five punches around Shakur, and it, well, it he, just he had a five foot eleven super super uh you know super featherweight in there with him, and the guy could really punch. I mean, I I'm not. I, I said that right there. I'm like that guy's dangerous. I was watching his tapes on the way up. I'm like, guy's a really big right hand. So Shakur was being smart. Right, and and like you said, Nakatilla went on to to beat Burchell, so that win right. ages even better. Uh, but that fight didn't do him any favors, Shakur. Uh, there is this notion out there that he's a tad boring. Uh, it's hard to find anything wrong with his game, but it's like, oh, if he wants to be a star, and obviously Top Rank wants him to be a star, he needs to step on the gas pedal. And I thought he did that versus Herring, and I've had Herring on this show numerous times, and he explained in great detail what it's like to fight Shakur Stevenson. And he said, yes, his power is above average. It's the... His reflexes, he said, are so good, and his range where you are before you're even thinking about what you want to do, you're you're pieced up. If if you, Herring said he threw a feint and he was already countered, so it's like right. his speed and in the in the Herring fight, which I really liked, was how um, you know his being able to the distance. You know, he's not powerful, Shakur, but he's very, very precise. And you know this, Chris. If you were precise and you could find those shots, eventually you wear him down. And he did that uh, against Herring. The best fighters in the world have, have have great judge of distance, and they're able to make the, those little fine adjustments. And and really, you know, we always talk about speed, and I call speed is the difference. The highest level guys always have a lot of speed, but a lot of times it's speed of thought. It's how fast their their brain is working. Like like Jamel said, I went for a feint, and he had, had already countered me. He was already two steps ahead. <laughs> it's the speed of play. It's the speed of boxing. It's the speed of thinking that is the real difference. Yeah, uh, Casa Diamante is in the chat, and he says Shakur by decision is definitely the safest bet. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And we got Thomas O'Neill here. Kinsei will be hard to hit in there. This fight goes the distance. Yeah, we're going to get to Kinsei in a second. He's really good. Mm -hmm. uh, Valdez fight, too. Um, you know, definitely didn't, like, hurt Valdez at any point, but did drop him. I know it was a kind of a, somewhat of a flash uh, knockdown in, in that one, but he landed 48% of his power against Valdez. Uh, Valdez came in undefeated. Uh, I thought it was going to be a closer fight heading in. I thought Valdez would be able to at least crack Shakur once, and we can see how he reacts. We can see how he figures out, you know, maybe being hit, uh, hurt, uh, not even hurt, just rattled. I thought Valdez, given his acumen, given his uh, skills, would be able to show us something in this fight where we're like, oh, wow, Shakur is a little, he is human. So how does he react to that? Didn't happen. Dan, 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 you should have asked me before that fight. You say? <laughs> I didn't think it was, I didn't think he had a chance, yeah. Valdez. I didn't think he was going to touch Shakur. Um, you know, I've been around both guys. Shakur is a much bigger person in general. He's just a bigger guy. You know, he's going to, he's going to end up being uh, lightweight, 140, 147. I think, you know, Sh Shakur cuts a lot of weight. He's a, he's a big young guy and Valdez. We're not, he's not going above 130. So they're, they're different size guys, but also stylistically horrible matchup for Valdez. Yeah. Um, Stevenson, I do think is he's tall. I, I don't know where yeah. the limit is for like him, him entering the fray at 135. Oof. With some of the guys that are there, like he could beat anyone because of the defense. Like he can beat yeah. Tank, he can beat Haney, he can beat any of those punchers. Or Haney's not considered a puncher, but Tank, like just for instance, hits so hard. Like he can beat anyone because of that defense. It's like the great equalizer, right? Yep. Well, Shakur, I'll say it right now. Shakur is the next closest thing to Floyd Mayweather that, that I think we're going to see. I think he is going to grow into these weight classes. He's going to dominate. He's going to wipe them out. 35, 40. And I think 47 is going to be where we're going to see a lot of his career classic matchups and fights. I really believe he's that kind of that kind of a fighter and that kind of champion. A guy who's going to be around for a long time who is going to be in the biggest fights in a couple of years. Do you think as he goes up in weight, 
um, he'll have the power will be enough. Like, obviously, it's enough to win now. And will be enough at the bigger weights to really keep those bigger guys off of him. I don't think it's going to matter. I think, like you said, I think his defense is that good. No one's going to be able to hit him. No one hits him now. So even though this guy's going to be bigger, you get more tired when you miss. It's very frustrating when you get a guy that you can't land, especially punchers. If you're a puncher and you're used to hitting people and have them turn to dust and you can't lay leather on somebody, yeah. it's the most frustrating thing in the game. So a guy like Shakur, I think, will be that successful just because of the defense alone. Yeah. And by that time, similar to Floyd, by that time, everybody's already tuned in. You don't have to win over new fans at that point. <laughs> you're you're the guy. Well, you know, buy so again. Buy it again. That way. Buy it. The, yeah, just comes down to you know just buying the pay per view again, and everyone kept buying Floyd's pay per views. We'll see if Shakur come, can come grow into that heel. Come see me lose. You want to see me lose? Come see me lose. Yeah, come on. exactly. Uh, interesting to see where where Stevenson will go and what the li- the Scott the limit is for him. Obviously, we think it's like. It's through the roof. Uh, he says he's going to take the fight to Kitsaso. Uh, You know, he listens to the chirps. You know, he is on Twitter. He'll respond. Uh, something that uh, Valdez did against Kinsesa, uh Stevenson says, is that he allowed Kinsesa to gain confidence. And uh, he said, you know, these amateur guys, you kind of, uh, you can't let them gain confidence uh, because as the rounds go on, and I think Valdez didn't step on the gas pedal right away, uh, he allowed Kinsesa to get into that fight. A lot of people thought Kinsesa beat Valdez, I was one of those guys, but uh, Stevenson said, with me from round two or three on, you'll see me, uh, see a lot of me trying to beat him up. I want to get him out of there. So he says he wants to get him out of there. Um, it's, I'd be, that's the question I'll pose is like, I will be very impressed. Now, this is not a question. It's a statement. I will be very impressed if Stevenson can stop, can say so. Yeah, so would I. And I think the boxing world will be too. I don't see it either. Um, I called that Kinsesao Valdez fight for, for ESPN top rank. And I was there all week and watching Kinsesao make weight. He's a big one thirty. Yeah. He's tall. He's long. He got a lot of weight. He's big. He's strong. He's got a lot of lean muscle. The guy's jacked and you know, he's, he's good. He's really good. That's an understatement, but he looked really good in that Valdez fight. I liked, I like what Shakur is saying. I'm going to pick it up in rounds two, three. And after that, because a lot of those amateur guys, they start super fast. They're used to fighting short fights. They spent their their, their career, their amateur career, fighting three rounders. Uh, so four round, three rounders, four rounders. So they start really fast. They usually come out of the gate very, very strong. Um, Shakur, obviously, a very slow starter. And I think once he analyzes everything, collects all that data, I think seeing him move forward and mm. use his physical strength, because Shakur is a strong guy, even though he's not a power puncher, using his physical strength, I think is going to be is going to be uh, a good game plan. But I think it's going to be a, a tactful fight throughout. Yeah. He uploads the data. That's what we're going yeah. with, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, we got to talk to our, 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 our computer people, see if, if that makes sense. Ronnie, upload the data or download the data? Download. Download. We're, going, download? With, we're going with okay. download. That was, my, that, that was my bet. Does Shakur Stevenson have a weakness, Chris? Before I move on to Kinsesa, does Shakur Stevenson have a weakness? He, nothing that he's shown in terms of his technical prowess um in terms of you know his strategy in the in the ring you know the guy gets barely gets hit i mean that that's the number one rule in boxing is, is don't get hit um it's just that the 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 shortcomings are 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 just basically fan friendly stuff which if, if you can sh- keep that out of your head which he tends to do during fights who cares just, just get the win but um you know, I, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't see it yet. I don't see it yet. Not, not at these weight classes where he is the physically bigger guy as well. 
I think he, I think people really underestimate the, the physical advantages that he has over these 130 pounders. Um, but we'll see where, how that happens and how that, how that kind of shows itself, any kind of weakness that he may have as the guys get bigger and more dangerous. It's not really much left for him to do at 130. Uh, there's not yeah. a lot of big names at 130. Uh, Joe Cordina had that big knockout of Ogawa, uh, which probably helped a lot because now they can maybe market that fight a little bit. Um, uh, Cordina has a huge fan base, but now his next fight is happening in Saudi Arabia. That's uh, the whole story for another day. But there's no one left for he wants to. He can become undisputed at 130 if he wants. Um Aram said pretty much, I don't really even want to explore that because there's no real money fights for him. The money fights for him are at 135 or at 140, potentially 147. That's way, way down the line. But who knows what the pay-per-view landscape will look like in a few years. If he can just put big fights on regular ESPN, those will get huge ratings. Um, he's going to be fighting on regular ESPN this Friday night, which is going to be great uh, out of pay-per-view and a, a tough fight. We can say so. 2016 gold medalist, uh, like we just talked about, 5'10 70-inch reach. Very active. Throws 65 punches around. Amateur career. And I don't know if you put a lot of stock into the amateur career and, and who they have fought, but damn, look at this I list. Do. I do. Kinsaysal fought Lomachenko. He fought Cordina. He fought Rigondeaux. He fought Alberto Machado, and he fought Josh Taylor. That is a ridiculous list for uh, wow. the amateurs. Yeah, I mean, and you ask about if I, how much I put into the amateurs. I put a lot into it because high-level competition is high-level competition, even though I believe that amateur boxing and pro boxing are almost like different sports. Um but, you know, you've been there. You've been to the big show, whether it's it's amateur or pro. That matters. And also the training camps and all the training leading up to that and being able to to dial in, all that all that matters. Um, and the, having that highly competitive background, that makes a big difference when it comes to the big fights in, those, in the deep waters. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how how he handles someone like Kinsaysau. I do think it's going the distance. Um, he's tough in there. I thought he beat Valdez. Um, shout out to Shakur Stevenson going from uh, Herring, Valdez, can say Sal, uh, throw in some of his earlier fights in there. He beat Joe at Gonzalez. He fought uh, Pitbull Diaz, um, who, who was still somewhat in, in his prime, too. I know a lot of people want to knock, oh, his resume is this, his resume is that. His resume is pretty damn good if you really peel it back, Shakur. And a lot of those fights look better in hindsight when you, when you mm -hmm. look back and see what their opponents have done after Shakur beat them. Um, Duet Gonzalez had that incredible fight with Navarrete, you know, very, you know, a couple fights after, after um, Shakur completely shut him out. So you, you got to look at that stuff too. You got to look beyond the numbers sometimes. And Shakur is one of those guys, but honestly, from here, I think it's going to be all big fights. Yeah. The one thing about Kinsesa, I, I went back and watched the, uh, the Valdez fight again, um, outlanded him 141 to 83. Uh, outlanded him in 11 of the 12 rounds. Uh, huge discrepancies in, in power department. Outlanded him. The only thing is the second half of the fight, can say Sal faded a little bit. Those punch yep. numbers started to uh, get closer and closer. So he does maybe have a problem fading late. Maybe Stevenson can jump on him late. Uh, I don't see that. I see, see it going the distance. But really good fight. Really good card over in Newark. Uh, you know, you got Keyshawn Davis on the card you got bruce carrington on the card i think top rank has the best young fighters in the game Definitely. i mean without it it's a, between them and matchroom but top rank has between richard torres jared anderson they have they're just loaded tfemo i mean go up and down now they have devin haney uh you know they have better bf they just have a full roster but they have really good fighters uh, under 25 
and they're also the best at building prospects. Yep. The way that they're able to match make and and push their guys and make good and, and also make for good fights. It's just good for the sport in every way. You you, you very rarely see those wide mismatches on a top rank card, especially the ones that make it to TV. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. Top rank is a good place to be if you're if you're a young prospect and and you're getting you're getting built the right way, but also learning in the process because that's important too. Right, Batchmaker, Brad Goodman, um, you know, awesome. all the awesome guys guy. at top rank are very good. Before we get to our top five. Under 25, yet to win a title. That's a long one. Uh, Sean Singletary on Twitter. Thank you for this. Algeria has always been a great uh, guy that's easy to support, and Dan's profile is rising in the boxing media. Love the oh, show. Thanks, the dynamic man. between you two works well. I'm just I'm going to read that. I'm going to read those positive comments. Read, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll read the negative ones. <laughs> no. Once we start getting those. Uh, come on, guys. We need more comments about Ronnie. Ronnie's going to have his, his moment in, at the end of the show to shine. Ronnie's going to have his own show soon. He's he's gonna outgrow us very quickly. Boxing show, or we see Ronnie doing like a lifestyle show on John Boy Media. Or I know he loves basketball. I'm a basketball guy. He's gonna he's gonna have multiple shows. He can do whatever he wants. The sky's the limit for that kid. I have a Chris Algieri Dan Canobio show. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna critique our show. You're gonna gonna go after. (laughs) Like I don't know about. I think Stevenson's. I don't know. I don't know about him. Yeah, I don't no. know. I don't know about I don't know about Dan's picks today. Chris's hair looks a little funky. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. No, we'll have my segment at the end of the show. Oh, hope you're ready. But let's go to our uh, one of our segments here. It's our our top five list. We do this every week on the program. Uh, and this one was I had to alter this one a little bit, Chris, yeah. uh, because I didn't realize Shakur Stevenson was already 25. Um, yeah, you threw me for a loop with this. <laughs> I originally wanted to do top five under 25. Um, also, ESPN put one out too. Just they must have been reading my mind. They put one out as well. Um, but I want to put a little spin on it. I want to make it a little different. Um, so we're gonna go top five under twenty five yet to win a world title. So there's a lot of qualifications uh, for this one. And instead of going back and forth, I'm gonna I'm gonna list mine out, and I'm gonna have you critique it, and then you will give me your list. I think that's Got the best it. way to do it. Okay. Number five, I'm going with Jared Anderson. He's 22 years old. I think he is the next big American heavyweight. Uh, devastating power. Uh, got great charisma. He came out doing that pimp walk in one of his fights. Uh, he's got personality. He's got the great uh, top rank uh, push behind him, ESPN. And I love uh, that he has got power. Uh, in both hands, and I just really like Jared Anderson, and then I also don't think there's that many other U.S. heavyweights uh, prospects, so he's in a really good spot. Number four, 19 years old, Xander Zayas, the pride of Puerto Rico. This is the guy that's going to fill up Madison Square Garden. Uh, no disrespect to Edgar Berlanga, but Z- Xander Zayas is, for 19 years old, has every punch in the book, fluid movement. Uh, I spoke with Tim Bradley on the show. He has such high praise for him. Zayas is the truth uh, and could be a staple at uh, New York City, you know, on the night before the Puerto Rican Day Parade, a, a void in, in boxing right now, a Puerto Rican superstar. Number three, Ryan Garcia, who likes to hit me in the DMs, uh, 24 years old. Not that type of way he's talking about his fights. Uh, 24 years old. Um, love the kid. Obviously, he's got all the, all the tools yet to win a world title. I think that will uh, eventually he'll get uh, that chance. Maybe not if he wants to keep... Uh, you know, fight a guy like Tank, who is not really a, a world titleist, but he's older than 25, Tank Davis. Uh, I think Ryan Garcia is coming into his own under Joe Goosen. Love Ryan Garcia at number three. 
Uh, number two, top five under 25 yet to win a world title. Sebastian Fundora, the towering inferno, 24 years old. Uh, he'll be on the show next week. Love the kid. Got every punch in the book. Uh, besides the jab. It <laughs> doesn't uh, jab for a guy that is six foot seven, 154 pounds. And it's only a matter of time before he gets a world title shot. 154 is a little murky. Uh, Jamel Charlo is fighting in January. Uh, he just beat uh, Lubin Fundora, and that was a complete war. I think he is the goods. I think he's, he's no longer just a, a novelty. Like, oh, my God, look at this. Six foot seven guy. I think he's a really good fighter. And then number one is Virgil Ortiz, 24 years old, knocking on the door of a world title for a while now. Uh, really good fighter, obviously. Uh, had a little bit of a slowdown with the, the, the problem he had in, in, in training, had to sit out for a while. But he's like positioned really well in the WBO and the WBC. Uh, so that's my list. Obviously, had to leave off guys. A few guys um, in there. Then the guys that are over 25 or just turned 25, um, like a Boots and a Tiafimo. So that's my list. Uh, what do you think? And then hit me with yours. So um, we have the same guys on the list, just a little bit of a different order. Right, um, I it. agree with pretty much everything you're saying. So my number five. Well, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I have a, an honorable mention. And the only reason that he's an honorable mention and not actually on the list is because he has so few fights at this point. Yeah. Uh, Keyshawn Davis. Mm -hmm. I think that kid is wildly talented. And I think he's got a, a, a big upside and a ton of potential. Love watching him fight. I love the way he fights. He's a classic boxer puncher. So, and he's got that killer instinct as well. So I really like Keyshawn. I think he's going to go a long way. But he hasn't done enough yet in the pro ranks to crack that top five for me. So, uh, and really my four and five are pretty interchangeable but i've got xander zayas as number five mm -hmm. i think everything that you said is absolutely correct the kid is phenomenal he's a combination puncher one of the nicest kids in the world and he's puerto rican so puerto rican in new york on the east coast forget it puerto rican day parade it's a massive massive event every single year at the garden and he will be highlighting and headlining that sooner than later i've got jared anderson at number four um and that's pretty much because he's a heavyweight yeah. you know heavyweight having an american heavyweight is awesome and he, dude, that kid is such a good athlete. It's crazy. I love when we get these big, strong athletes who probably should be playing football into boxing mm -hmm. because it just makes things so interesting. He's so fluid. He's so athletic. He's so fast. He has power as well. Um, during, I forgot which fight it was for, but he was sparring with Tyson Fury and we had Tyson in the fighter meeting and Tyson was saying how good this kid was. Wow. And I heard from reports that Jared was fighting very defensively against uh, against Tyson and was learning head movement and sliding and mm. rolling. And I was really impressed with that because he's such a big, strong guy and he knocks everybody out for him to go out there and, and utilize his his reactions, his shoulder shoulder movement, upper body rhythm. I think that shows that he's willing to learn and, and progress as he's going. Number three, I've got your man, Sebastian Fundora. I think aside from the fact that he's, mechanically structurally going to be a problem for every single 54 pounder and probably 60 pounder in the world. The kid could really fight. He's, he showed in that, in that fight with, uh, with hammer that he can, he can really fight. He can crack. He, he can, he can dig in. He's got a dog in him like that. So dog, very, man. very impressed. Very, very impressed with that kid. Um, and, and he's had some tough fights in there too. So I think he's, and he's also, he's not a prospect anymore. He's a true contender right. at this point. I think he crossed that that bridge he had that classic match with hammer where it's like two prospects coming together 
Next guy, you know, one's going to go way up, contender, going to get a title shot soon. The other guy's going to take a few steps back and have to start over. So that was that was a big crossroads fight for them. And Fandora obviously did what he did. He looked phenomenal in that fight. Number two, I got Ryan Garcia. I think talent-wise, he's one of the most talented guys in all of those divisions. His hand speed is, is insane. His left hook power is for real. Um, he's he's tough. He's fit. He's got the, everything else that goes on outside of the ring. Only thing he doesn't have, similar to Fandora, is no jab. That is not jab. Oh, dude, that's when I said the DMs, he has hit me up and it's like, yo, those jab, my jab numbers are off because I jab a lot more. And I was like, dude, like, I mean, (laughs) if you just (laughs) use the naked eye, it's like not really your punch. I mean, you have a great left hook. I mean, that's what your bread and butter. And with Goosen, he's, you know, Goosen has never been a fighter, a trainer to teach jab. So, yeah. I mean, when you're when you're when your hook is as, as fast as a jab, then you don't really throw your jab as much, which which is technically how we how he's always been these uh, all all these years. But yeah, but I think but in terms of talent, speed, and tr- legitimate power, I mean, he, he he's got it. He's there. He's very very physically gifted and talented. And then I agree with you. Number one is Virgil Ortiz. I mean, how, how do you not have him as number one? He's a bad bad man at, at welterweight, and he's going to be a guy that I think is going to be a world champion soon. Yeah, one way list. or another, Wait, whether it's a 47 or 54 or wherever he ends up. Yeah, so we have a lot of overlap on our list. Um, this is top five under 25 yet to win a world title. So there's a lot of qualifiers for it. But I think all these guys will win world titles. Uh, it yeah. might take them a little longer. Some other Tons you know, of talent. Tons of talent on on those lists. Tons of talent in, in the sport right now. Uh, ESPN did a list too. They had some 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 good ones on there. I love these lists because it just shows you like how much talent is in the sport right now. And how much is on the rise. And now as a boxing fan, you can literally watch it all on these streaming devices. I mean, there's never a better time to, uh, as a fan, to watch boxing. We don't always get the best fights happening, but you can watch an obscure stream on the zone on like a Saturday afternoon or ESPN Plus. So there's a lot of really good fighters uh, in the game right now, uh, as as you can see. Uh, Bruce Gas Boxing wants to know, Chris. Oh, Bruce Gas Boxing, Jazz, and more. That is a hell of well, a name. Does Chris still believe in the power of cannabis? Did I ever? I, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't smoke weed. I never have. Um, CBD. I know. I've. I know a lot of people who love it. Um, I've never really seen that much result from it, but there is some good data and and hard research on it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I know a lot of. A lot of athletes and, and not just fighters who who utilize cannabis for medicinal purposes in terms of relaxation and 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 you know health and whatever. But yeah, no, I've I've I don't know I don't know where that actually came from. <laughs> You're a closet stoner. <laughs> never once you've passed on grass. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. That's not my. Never been my thing. Never been my thing. I'll, I'll smoke cigars, sure, but uh, I don't. I don't smoke grass. So. I love how you ask. Like, what's the cigar smoking policy at the office? <laughs> I was like, I think we have like a ton of fire alarms here. Like, if you want all yeah, of our equipment figured, to get wet, a lot of like media equipment, probably not great to have. You know, thick billows of smoke, but yeah, you, you don't know until you ask. We'll make a a cigar lounge in the office. I'm sure I'll make a f- couple phone calls and get that get that going. <laughs> Let's get a cigar lounge, Ronnie. Pass on grass. Yes, always, always good. That's what I want from our super producer. I'm listen. I'm locked in at all times. Seriously, the, the amount of work he was doing before we went live here is like, I'll figure it out. Boom, boom, boom. I'll figure out this. I'll figure out that. Let's get it going. So, stay off the weed. Yeah, he's my role model. Stephen A. Not anymore. Okay, you're a hot take artist too. 
We put oh, up that apparently. clip yesterday. This is like artist, hot take artist. Our apparently our 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 boxing talk is too like educated. It's like too good. Yeah. And we're not talking over each other enough. We're not arguing. We're not throwing out hot takes. Not enough so. screaming. Do you have any hot takes? Quick. One. I, go. Uh yeah, Shakur Stevens is gonna lose on Friday. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't make the I don't make the rules, but I have the script. I'm clipping so. that out. Clipping that one out. Uh let's get to a heavyweight fight this weekend. Um the Battle of the Joes. Joe versus Joe. Joe Joyce versus Joseph Parker. Uh, I love this fight. I uh, love that Joe Joyce is taking this fight. Um, he has a pretty good uh, standing in whatever freaking organization he's aligned with. Doesn't have to take this fight. He could probably sit back and wait. Uh, but he's going to go up against uh, Joseph Parker, who uh, had to do a double check here, is only 30 years old. Uh, you get this notion that Parker is, like, old. He's not. He's 30 Been around years old. forever. Been around forever. Has fought everyone. Uh, really like this fight. Another. It's a Saturday afternoon here in the States on ESPN+. Plus. Um, you got uh, Serrano on the undercard. Let's talk Joyce first. Um, interesting guy. Uh, our friend Corey Erdman. I recommend going to boxing scene. Uh, Google boxing scene Joe Joyce. Corey Erdman wrote a profile on Joe Joyce that is uh, really, really good. The guy started off like ballet dancing as a kid and, and rugby. Uh, his parents are classical artists. He himself is an artist. Uh you know, he's a thinker in there. He's like an interesting life. He always wanted to be uh, an athlete, turned to boxing uh, when he was like 22, really, really late. Uh, he's wow. 35, which is interesting. Um, but he's an acquired taste, right, Chris? He's slow. He gets hit a lot. He actually gets hit more than he lands, which is very interesting. And if you watch a Joe Joyce fight, you will see that. His opponents land 40% power, and he lands 38% of his power. But he's got a damn good chin. He keeps on winning. It's slow, it's ugly, but he just keeps winning. And then he keeps doing that weird backflip after he wins. He is. He has the most descriptive and accurate nickname in boxing. Juggernaut. He just walks forward, gets hit, and throws punches. He's just, he's a tank. He comes forward. Um, yeah, like you said, he's an acquired taste. Not, that's not my taste. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like that kind of boxing. He is, he is very slow footed. He's lumbering. He comes forward. He throws a lot of punches. I will give him that. He throws yeah. a ton of punches. Um, he's definitely, you can tell he's a big athletic guy, but athletes don't necessarily make good boxers. Uh, he's, he's, he's by no means a good boxer. He goes out there, he bangs, he gets hit. Um, I mean, he makes for entertaining fights for the casual fan for sure. If you're not a big boxing guy and you don't know what sweet science is, go and watch Joe Joyce fights. It's they're fun. He's they're, they're, he's, he's going to throw. He's going to get hit. It's he's also he never shows anything when he gets hit. Right. It's it's incredible. He really has. Uh, he takes the shots really well. He's got a poker face down. on him. He's got a poker face. Um, I, he kind of fights like forty year old, like plus forty year old George Foreman. Like uh, to a degree, slow, methodical, um, like one, two. Yeah, but if you really watch George, dude, he was crafty as hell in there. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he didn't get hit very clean with shots. He was very good at rolling. He had that cross arm defense and he would, That's, he would check those yeah. punches and slide and just roll just enough and hit high in the head and use his shoulders. Joyce has zero craft. He is just, he takes those shots full blown on the chin. And I watched, um, uh, his last fight with, with Christian Hammer. Dude, that was the guy couldn't miss, hilarious. Couldn't miss a right right. Couldn't miss an overhand right. Everyone he threw. <laughs> I think I tweeted Joe Joyce doing a great job defending those punches with his face. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cheekbone. He's 
he blocks the overhand right with his cheekbone. Uh, same thing with the Takam fight. Takam was landing at will with the right hand whenever he could let his hands go. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, it's it, stylistically he's not it's not pretty, but he's been very very effective so far. Yeah, it's just like how much longer can he go taking those flush shots? I hope one day the boxing gods give us Wilder versus Joe Joyce, the you know, an immovable part. <laughs> you know, like force of, of Wilder's right hand. I need to see that land flush on Joyce and, and what will happen. That's like, I think the battle of the gods there. It's like, it's, it's, it's Zeus's lightning bolt versus, you know, <laughs> versus the, uh, I don't know, immovable object, the, the, the juggernaut. Immovable object versus the unstoppable force. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what we're looking Put, for. That's why you're here. Um, Joe Joyce says, I've got a chin. I got an engine. And a bit of power, and it all goes into the cooking pot. Well put. Well put. Yes, almost 36 years old, turned pro 22. Uh, maybe that's why. You know, turned late, turned to the sport late, and uh, didn't was, wasn't able to learn the intricacy. That's, oh, man, just destroyed that word. Intricacies. Intricacies. Intricacies of the sport. Uh, now he just slugs. And I, I, I like him. I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight on. Parker. Tough, man. Really good resume. Oh, Joshua, really Chisora, Andy Ruiz, Dillian White, Carlos Takam uh, has reeled off six straight wins since those back-to-back -back losses to Joshua and White. I talked about how he's only 30 years old. The, I guess the knock on Parker would be, you know, like he's lost the big ones. He's lost the big fights. And in boxing, unfortunately, if you lose the big fight, fans kind of forget about you. But six straight wins. Um... Uh, Lands 44% of his power shots. That's number one in the heavyweight division. <laughs> so it's a very accurate power puncher versus a guy who cannot slip a punch. Tune in because it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, uh, I was watching a bunch of Parker fights and, and uh, Joe Joyce fights earlier, you know, while I was getting my cardio in. And uh, Same, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, Just walking, you, walking to work is my cardio. Right. New York City, a lot of, lot of, lot of foot traffic. But... um. Yeah, Parker. Parker's a, actually both guys are good when they're they're at their best. They're throwing combinations. Um, Joyce is pretty much just punches, just throws nonstop, like for the whole round. He's this. But, he's uh, these rock'em sock'ems. He's rock'em sock'ems. There it he's is. just coming forward and throw, and he doesn't care if he gets hit. Obviously, um, but uh, Parker's different. Parker throws really nice, pretty combinations when he lets his hands go. He's actually best when he's boxing behind the jab and just ripping off combinations and 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 moving. Um, you know, the problem is going to be. I think the power, if he's going to, if he's not able to hurt Joyce, he's going to have a long night. Mm. He's got a big man in front of him. He's going to be using his body. He's going to be taking those shots and he throws and Joyce can, can punch, you know, he's got, he's got power. He mixes up his punches really well and just lets his hands go. But you know, he does have weaknesses. The overhand rights there. He's been hurt to the body with left hook by a couple guys. Uh, Rich, um, not Richard, Bryant Jennings hurt him yeah, badly with left hook to the liver. You talk about Joyce, um, right? Yeah, bad. Really Out bad of all the round. fights, he's got four, he's 14 and 0 with 13 knockouts. The only one he went the distance with is Bryant Jennings, who yeah. is a small heavyweight and who mm -hmm. at that point was, you know, kind of past it. That, that was that's interesting to me. Yeah, uh, so I have a little inside scoop on on Bryant Jennings because I, I trained with him down here in South Florida. Um, in the gym, he is a world beater. He beat the shit out of everybody in wow. the gym sparring, I mean mercilessly. And he had a lot of power. He hits way harder than people give him credit for. Um, fight night, he again, like you said, he has, wasn't able to win the big ones. Um, but he's a very talented guy, very, very physically strong.
but yeah, no, that, that fight with, with, um, with Joyce, that was actually a good win for Joyce because Brian Jennings is, is, is no joke. And, uh, he got hurt several times in that fight, especially to the body. But yeah, so that's another weakness that Joyce has, but I don't know if, if Parker's one of those guys, like he does everything good. You know, he's yeah. not great at anything. Right. You know, his, his power is decent. His hand speed, pretty good. He, you know, his, his chin is okay. Right. You know, he's never been knocked out. He's very, very tough, but he gets dropped. You know, he, he does everything pretty good. Mm. But um, is that going to be enough to beat a guy like Joyce, who has all those physical attributes that we're talking about? The chin, the size, the power. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting matchup. Yeah, I love it. I really like this fight. I, 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 it's really hard to come up with a winner. I avoided it on my same game parlay. So I'll ask you then. I'll put it. I'll ask you. Who do you think's gonna win? My heart is with Parker. Mm. I really like Parker as a fighter. I think he's very talented. I, I, although even at thirty, I think we've seen some of his better fights already. Um, you know, he's got all the skills to do it. If he can, if he can really dig down and get on his boxing and avoid the big shots and slow the pace, honestly, slow the pace of Joyce. I think he's got a really good shot to win this fight, but I don't know. My head just kind of feels that Joyce is, is still that immovable object and his chin didn't clink yet. The juggernaut. I want to, I I want to see him and do that, that, that flip he does afterwards. He does this. And then, you know, it's dude when he gets, when he gets like his shoulders rolling, it, it looks horrible. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. But even his listen, flip, make, even his backflip is slow, right? Listen, a guy that big to be able to do a backflip—that's some serious athleticism. Like I, I, listen, the guy is very, very gifted. You know, obviously he's he's new to boxing, but I don't um, know if I would even call it a think... backflip though. It's like a he starts it from the side, but even his whatever he does is like just like his fighting style. It's slow and it's like very deliberate. Slow, deliberate, it's strong, but. It's impressive. It's still impressive. <laughs> there it is. Broke it all down. Uh, that's the fights this weekend. Uh, the two main ones. Uh, Floyd Mayweather's fighting this weekend. Great. <laughs> Let's break it all <laughs> down. He's fly- He's nice. on the freaking uh, exhibition tour. He's fighting like a, a Japanese kickboxer. Listen, if you can do that and you can make a lot of money, I mean, that's there's only like X amount of people that could ever do that. Uh, it means that you had one hell of a career and people will st- tune in to watch you fight. Uh, I'm I, old, I, saw, I saw a quote that uh, of his that was, it was written out. It was, re- it was really, really good and, and poignant. It was, he said that, you know, at my age or wherever I'm at, I, I don't know exact words he said, but you know, I'm willing, I'll, I'll fight these guys who can't punch these guys like McGregor and these guys like these MMA <laughs> Master guys. troll job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd love the fact that he digged that in there, but he's right. <laughs> McGregor can't punch when it comes to boxing. It's a, it's such a different thing. If you ever talk to an MMA fighter, they'll tell you the same thing. I mean, the punching is just totally different. The power is very, very different. McGregor, who is a, a lights out puncher in MMA could barely crack an egg in, in, in the boxing ring. And there's a reason for that. It's footwork. Yeah. But, um, but he said that he goes, this, I, I can fight those guys. I'm not interested in anything but an exhibition at this point, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about my health and I'm like shoot if you can make that kind of money yeah. doing exhibitions because how how many of us fighters have spent time time making zero money making you know losing money to get fights you know for him to be able to maximize and make that money after yeah. the fact I can't knock him yeah I'm not gonna buy it and I don't know many people no, that I'm will, not watching but it it's, but... Like, it's like a thing for you know Japanese fans to see Floyd uh, in a ring that's that's kind of cool uh Pacquiao is now getting into exhibitions Ronnie what do you think about how crazy is this F- exhibitions in boxing, like doesn't count. Uh, it's usually aging guys like Muhammad Ali did it. Muhammad Ali fought uh, a Denver Bronco at Mile High Stadium. 
Uh, George Foreman fought five men in one night in Toronto. This is like, it's part of the boxing like world. It's a weird part now that is now coming back because of the popularity of Floyd and Pacquiao. I mean, this is like when other athletes go to China or, mm-hmm. Jap- or Japan to like play professionally over there. Just it's not exactly exhibition, but they're playing lesser competition, still getting money. Just doesn't trying count. to learn out of th- but the difference count. in boxing is these guys are making millions doing yeah, it. Yeah, they're making more money than than ninety nine percent of of active fighters today. Yeah. yeah. So it, it it's a little different than just you know extending your NBA career by going over to Russia and playing. It's, it's you know, one you're, night. You're literally making tons of money for a, a sparring session. He's so gonna make boxing 10. is insane. He's gonna make ten ten to fifteen million just for that. It's for a glorified sparring West. match. What's up? It's, it's the Wild Wild West. Yep. So Wild Wild West. His last fight was on, I think, it was supposed to be on a helipad in Dubai. <laughs> but the, uh, like, one of the presidents or someone, like, died right in the middle of the week, and they had to, like, cancel it. I hate it when that happens. I, uh, hey, the queen. <laughs> the queen. It's been happening. It's, been uh, happening it's like something also has been happening in boxing. Like, yeah. dignitary. Uh, I'm, I'm just messing words up. Uh, dignitaries? That's wait, not... wait, wait, wait. How many pro fights do you have? I'm a, I speak for a living and I can't even get the damn words. I got 49 words and I'm, I'm, a zero. I'm beating you in the word game. Not even one fight. Um, Ronnie, you're getting uh, roasted in the chat. I mean, you guys can disagree all you want, but I know ball. Quesadilla Monty. <laughs> Ronnie said Bam beats in a way. I'm never going to let that slide. And then Boxing Learner came to your defense. I, uh, uh, no, he didn't. No. Uh, in a way beats Bam, period. I mean, I have the script. Yeah. What's the script? The script says Bams would be in a way in a fight. Let's just get that made. That's damn right. See, Ronnie's already learning fast. Let's just get it made. Let's just do it. Just give us the fights we <laughs> very, want to see. Very quick learner, that Ronnie. All right. Ronnie uh, hot takes. End of the program. We're introducing a new segment here. It is the casual corner. Ronnie is the casual. Ronnie's in the corner. Makes sense. So Ronnie's going to introduce... Um, Casual topic, casual question, anything you want. Yeah, guys, bear with me. I am a casual boxing. Not What's a less than casual? Uh, whatever. No, you're I, casual. I'm casual now. There's nothing not, below that. Since I hang with you guys. And for this segment, I'll, I guess I'll, I have I to have wear brush. shades um, to, be, to be actually casual. So a lot of this segment, or I've heard a lot of talk of age throughout the, the past weekend and week with, you know, Golovkin being 40 and... And Canelo being 32, but an, an old 32, what's like the lifespan of a of a boxer? You know, like what's the average prime and like when do we see boxers fade out? Chris, take it. Very good question. And one that I get a lot because I tell people that I'm 38 and I'm, and I'm ancient for boxing. And they're like, no, you're so young. I'm like, not in this sport. Um, so I guess it depends. It's it's extended in this time frame, in this boxing era, for one, I think because of technology and and, and diet and supplementation and, and different kinds of training and the advancement of training in general, general physical physical fitness and and whatnot. Um, also, I think it's ex- it's been extended because a lot of the big fights don't happen mm. for fighters earlier in their career like they used to. Like Sugar Ray Leonard and Benavidez and Benitez fought, and they were both in their early twenties. You know, Sugar Ray was almost at the pretty much at the tail end of his career by the time he was thirty. I didn't even get a world title fight till I was 30. So the timelines have shifted, I think, because of how the game has changed. 
But then also, I think guys have extended their career because of technology, because you see a guy like Bernard Hopkins, who is 49 years old or 50 and fighting, you know, top level guys. Uh, George Foreman was the eldest heavyweight champion of the world in his mid 40s. So, yeah, it's it's different now and depending on how you look at it. But the majority of guys are peaking at the late 20s, early 30s. So 28 to 32 and 32 is almost like that's like. Basically, that's the tipping point for most 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 people is when you look at it, it's like, all right, well, they're a little bit past their prime. That's that's when age starts becoming something that like a talking point. At okay. 31, 32, yep. that's when everyone's like, oh, well, you know, he's 32 now. Um, prior to that, it's uh, most people are thought of being in their in their prime. And I know we talked a lot about amateurs, and Dan asked me what I thought about you know amateur and what that really means. It means a lot. Because you have that many more years, you've got a full decade and a yeah. half worth of boxing before you get into your your twenties or before, before you get into your physical prime. So a lot of these guys who've been fighting since they were five, six, seven years old, like majority of the guys that we've seen recently, the Sean Porter's, the Terrence Crawford, the Errol Spence, Lomachenko. all those guys, Lomachenko, uh, D- Daniel Jacobs, all those guys were fighting, you know, early on in their in in their lives as high level boxers. So they have ten years, fifteen years of experience before they're actually in their adult physical prime. So that can, you know, extend the, the, the careers as well or, or let them start earlier. But, um, yeah, I would say 32 is when the, the, the age number starts getting brought up Wild. in terms of being being a factor. So Joe Joyce is going to fight till he's 60 because he started when he was uh, late in life. Mm. Yeah, but he's 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 incurring enough damage that he's making up time. <laughs> well, the thing with Floyd, <laughs> he's, getting, like, he's getting hit enough. Right, Floyd was still at the top of his game when he fought McGregor. Right. Uh, 2016, I didn't see uh, any signs. He was off the couch about two two years in the McGregor fight. Oh yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying he was still like sharp, like he was stuck yeah, yeah. and hit. Like he he's a freak. Like his like his lifespan fought his entire uh, life going back to like uh, start when he was a, basically out of the womb. A lo- long amateur career, uh, turned pro early, fought till he was still fighting today. Obviously not a, at a professional level, but he's a guy that like kind of bucked that whole. Trend, but it's funny in the NFL. They say what average lifespan three years, three years, average lifespan in boxing is probably even less. Like guys that don't make it, or guys that are in and out, or have an injury, or are one bad night and they're gone. Well, I remember in my teens, you know, when people found out that I was a professional fighter, and you know, they would always ask me, Oh, do you like getting hit? I said, No, I, I don't like getting hit at all. Like, I, 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 but I also I don't have to get hit in football, you have to get hit. There is no, you're not avoiding contact. In boxing, the, the goal is to hit and don't be hit. So, so part of it is actually avoiding getting hit. Everyone gets hit, and it, you know it's, it's a risk and it's part of it, yeah. but you don't have to. Look at Floyd Mayweather. Look at Shakur Stevenson. You don't have to get hit if you're good enough. Football, it doesn't matter how damn good you are. You're getting hit. Your head is going get, to get rattled around in, the, in, that, in that, little, that little helmet. So uh, I think it's very different lifespans. Casey Diamante, 35 and after, boxers can still have success but if they were fighting for a long time, this is when you typically see slightly different fighter. I agree with that. Like you, you change up, you change your style, uh, you um, acclimate to your age, and you figure out. And same thing with heavyweights. Heavyweights age better uh, than the lower yeah. weights. You can be a heavyweight and still fight into your forties because you don't have to move around as much. Right. You can yeah. stand there, right. plod, and just still have. Because they say, right, Chris, the last thing to go on a power. fighter is power. Mm. Yeah, so power punchers can also extend the career longer. If you're a power puncher, you you've always got that punch. Yeah. You can kind of wait on that, and that doesn't leave you. Reactions go yeah. quick. Yeah. Speed goes quick. Endurance goes quick. All those things that that 
are really important for say like a, a style of a boxer are going to go much sooner than power so if you're a power puncher you can fight much later in your career and still be at a high level um but also what we're not talking about is peds 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 peds, peds i'm going to talk about peds a lot love that peds, candy peds performance enhancing drugs i'm going to talk about these a lot because it is very prevalent and a lot of people are, don't want to bring it up but it's very very prevalent in the sport a lot of guys are using especially these older guys because listen if I'm 38 years old and I have the testosterone of a 25 year old, it's gonna help. <laughs> but sure I you don't, do. you know. Dude, so we gotta do a whole I'm, episode on that. It would be yeah, game we'd love changer. to because it's 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 way more prevalent than people think. Wow. Um, yeah, drug testing is great, but it's it's an arms race. The, the the testing the tests technology is is usually a step behind the drug technology. So uh, it's it's always been it's always been a factor. It's nothing new. Wow, that's a whole nother episode. We're definitely doing an episode on, on PDs and boxing because it's like no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to. It's like sweep it under the rug. Let's get the big fights, uh, fight twice a year. Obviously, that's so they can cycle on, cycle off. It's like no one knows how to talk about it. I sure as hell don't, but I'll do a lot of research. That's what we have you, Chris. Like, uh, that's the thing. A lot of uh, people and fans don't, don't want to talk about PEDs and boxing. Ronnie, any more? Thank you for joining me in the <laughs> casual corner. That is the casual corner. That is going to be a staple of the show because it leads to fun discussions that hardcores like Chris and I, lifers, wouldn't normally bring up. So I thank you, Chris, uh, Ronnie. And I thank you, Chris, as well. Um, and I think I think the shade should go on every time we talk about the casual corner. Yes. Let's get casual. It's a good, right? Let's get casual. Let's that is up. the end of today's program. Remember, folks, keep your hands up. Protect yourself at all times. And stay out of the DMs. We out.